Welcome to the Nerdaplexy Movie Review Show mini episode. This is where we break down our breakdowns of the movies we just watched, answer your pressing questions, and let you know what to check out for next time. Today is also the second meeting of the Nerdaplexy Comic Book Book of the Month Club. My name is Reed, and with me today we have... Sam. And Dave. So let's dive in. All right, we are coming at you hot off the heels of Adam's family values. Pretty fun, if unexpectedly horny romp through a, a macabre world. Arguably expected. Ah, yes, actually. I mean, you make you make a fair point. I should have. I expected horny, but I did not anticipate this level. No, that was that was a next level horny. Uh, yeah, it was probably one point one five sausage parties of horniness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it is precisely one point seven five sausage parties. Yeah, speaking of commonly known metrics, <laughs> and, uh, and and I just got back from a, a kids party and we watched Encanto. So that's the other the the third. Oh yeah, another through line. How magical is this? <laughs> Movie from one to Encanto, Adam's Family Values. Not, I mean, probably a probably a four. I would say I don't want a scale of one to Encanto, and that's like a like a maybe a six a six five like a six point seven five. True, but the, all the magic is uh, implied. It's not explicit. It's not as obvious. Yeah, I, I don't even really think it's all that magical. I mean, they're they're surreal, and there's yeah. I would say that, but Adam's family is quite magical. It, we we established the house itself is alive in very many ways. The library from the first one. A lot can't be described by extreme engineering. <laughs> True. <laughs> the shoot system. I'll I'll give you the shoot system, but the uh, the underground like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's curses and possession. Look at Pubert. Yeah, you're right. Actually, having just seen Encanto for the maybe third time, I would say Pubert transforming into a blonde hair, blue-eyed baby is actually covered in Encanto. I mean, there's that. Yeah, the shape-shifting kid. Ah, uh, yes. Not dissimilar. Another Here's another Disney one. That Incredibles baby, he did, he did that same stuff. Jack Jack. He does do that thing. Jack Jack does that thing. He breathes fire and uh, he he can shape shift and I don't I don't know about arrows, but kick the shit out of a raccoon. He's got laser eyes, so I mean that's one thing. That's a good question. So where do you draw the line between something being superpower related and not magic? You never really hmm. think of superhero movies as magic movies, you know? Like Spider Man. He I mean, he there's this there's a scientific explanation for his power. Sans your Shazams. I was going to say, that's more of a sci-fi power, yeah. Uh, okay, so Shazam Shazam would be magic, for sure. Wonder Woman is magic. But, I mean, ancient ancient civilization, you know, I don't know. Still, ancient magics, I would say, that would give them their powers. I always find myself saying ancient. Anxious and ancient. That's technically correct. Ancient is right, actually. You're 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 is it? pronouncing it correctly. I yeah. don't think so. I think it is. I think well, now I got to go on to. You know, I only just recently learned that iron is pronounced iron as opposed to iron. I've always like what? I've always like specifically tried to enunciate iron, and that is uh, not how it's pronounced. Like an iron. Yeah, iron. No, it's pronounced iron. Well, why wouldn't they spell it that way? <laughs> 
I, I think this is a uh, Aaron earned uh, iron an iron an iron urn. Yeah, I think that, that's a that great might... YouTube video. Everybody search that one right now. That ba- an iron urn. There's a dude from Baltimore saying Aaron earned an iron iron urn, and it just sounded like urn urn and urn urn. I say Baltimore accent. Say this phrase out loud. Earn, earn, and earn, earn. Hold on, earn, earn, Aaron, earn, and iron, earn. Damn, what the fuck? We really talk like that? Yeah. Let me see it. Earn, earn, iron, earn. Let me see it. Earn, earn, the iron, earn. What? Earn, earn, the iron, earn. No, Aaron earned an iron urn. Earn, 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 earn. Are you are you gonna drop the audio clip here, right? <laughs> and that's how I say it. Aaron earned an iron urn. Oh, that 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 didn't feel right. That didn't feel right. I'm not going to attempt it. Aaron earned an iron urn. The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Aaron earned an iron urn. Aaron earned an iron. But I did look it up. Ancient and ancient are both correct. Oh, okay. Well then, fine. As far as 2022 is concerned, ancient ain't, ain't it. Yeah, that ain't nothing. You're good. That ain't it. <laughs> All right. Well, I do, before we move on to, to goof em, uh, from uh, Adam's Family Values, I do want to mention I did have a goof em up. Um, I uh, called it Junior Thing Junior, and there was mm. not an, I cut like it. a tiny hand. I cut it. Oh, did you? I cut yeah, it. I, did. Yeah, I don't think it made it. I just, I just made it, because you said the nanny, and I just left that, because that was, that was enough. Well. I should have left it now. now. <laughs> well, I'll just leave this, and then it's fine. <laughs> now this makes no sense. <laughs> I, yeah. did, I did say would have said that, the wrong thing. But now, everyone has, now, now everyone has granular knowledge of how stupid, in-depth my in, like, over-editing goes. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not true. Snip. <laughs> Your second edit. <laughs> I, I was I was wondering if you were going to look for a time where he said thing. I, I considered it no because he had put to it say in there. it. He didn't say cousin it in the whole episode. I I There's said nowhere thing. to snip. I uh, need to say it. He junior. would have this had to say the word it, but then it would the inflection would be all off. That's true. Yeah, it's it's not, you could you could do that, but it sounds. I try to I try to be careful about that because I don't want it to sound like a robot. <laughs> it sounds crazy. We can try to auto tune ourselves, but at a certain point. <laughs> We just have to own our errors. Indeed. Uh, well, if you have heard any errors, write us in and let us know. Uh, but please don't be mean. Don't be yeah, mean. Don't, don't, don't be, be mean. as mean as I, I am. <laughs> we have feelings. Um, I also meant to say that uh, this, this movie used to be on Netflix. And all of those Disney references, I feel like that's why it got taken off when they were in that, that weird hut at the camp. I yeah I don't know I I wonder if they they had to have had some kind of agreement that they could use that stuff without being sued. You're allowed to mention it. I mean they don't. Yeah right. I guess parody. They don't show anything. They just mention Disney. But they have the songs. Like you could hear Sound of Music. I thought. But I thought it went to HBO Max, didn't it? I don't think they have the Disney music. Though. Maybe not. But I could be wrong. I think it just got pulled. I think um I think the whole thing with the new with the new uh, Adams Family movies. I think they might be all Probably, conglomerated. Yeah. I don't know who has them though. Maybe is that Paramount. Maybe, maybe Paramount, or is it NBC? I think. Well, at the very least, I know that whenever I saw the animated one, it was on Hulu. Hulu. This is another one of your, our great segments here on Nerdaplexy. What's that on? Yeah, where do we see it last, and where? What's you know, that why on? Is it, why is it there? 
lot of, lot of streaming talk. Why, or why isn't it there? Thanks for popping in for stream talk. Let's move on to the thing of this week. It's a comic book. Book of the Month Club. Nerd of Plexi Comic Book. Comic Book of the Month Club. It's a book club for comic books. It's like the Rugrats theme. <laughs> no, it's not that close to the Rugrats theme. It's I its know. own. It's it's in a similar pastiche. Yeah, that that little flavor right at the end. Oh, that's that's that that gives me real the Rugrats kind of. That's flavor. a jam. Papa, that kind of thing. Is that a flying dog? It's the triple triple IPA. Ooh, that's a good one. Where it doesn't tell you the alcohol content, you have to Google it. It's a lot. Is the answer? It's eighteen. Yeah, that's a silly 18? amount of beer. <laughs> yeah, it's a triple. That's so just the normal liquor. IPA is that's six, just liquor. Then twelve, and then eight. Yeah, it's, it's just, just it's just a bottle of liquor. Yeah, it's it's really tasty. Also, it's a good one. Good uh, on I just got this big, uh, big tall anti labor beer. They were cheap. They How were, did they pronounce Yingling? They're tall in uh, Arizona or New Mexico. Sorry, uh, the, or, no, I'm sorry. The one lady struggled. She's like the and that the uh, but she had a really thick uh, accent. We were at a, like a Mexican bar. Mm, I see. Uh, like a young like youngling, uh, like younglings. That. But the other guy said it really like he really announced it. He's like Yingling. Yeah, there it is. Oh, speaking of the younglings, I started watching um, Mandalorian. Hey. I'm three episodes in. We'll, uh, good we'll times. warm that icy heart. <laughs> well, it's a Western, and I like Westerns. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That that was what sold me. I was like, oh, okay. And then you said Timothy Oliphant, and that is really what sold me. And not to mention, that's a very cute baby. It is a cute baby. It's a good little guy. I, I could see why that's, the, that's like the millennial... Every it's on everything. It's on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. Once you're once you're all th- like ranch dressing. Once you're through all those guys, I'll put it on anything. I would advise you to to sidestep over into Star Wars Rebels. It's an animated show. It's a CGI one. Them's cartoons, Dave. You like those? I do like me some cartoons. Yeah, it's twenty. It's like twenty minute episodes. Don't go straight to the Boba Fett's. Go to the Rebels. Yeah, whatever. Catch up. Okay. I would say I think that the nature of that show I think would appeal to you. It's one of the characters is voiced by Freddie Prince Jr., which is nice, fun to see. I'm in. That's all you had to say. The other, <laughs> the other is Stephen. He's all that. All the <laughs> stormtroopers are voiced by Stephen Bloom, which is also fun. Of, oh, uh, that, Cowboy that is Bebop fun. fame. So yeah, I would check it out. It's uh, Spiga. It's a really good intro. That's how I kind of got into it. I had seen some of the Clone Wars shows and stuff like that, but it's a pretty good intro into the modern expanded universe. It's it's also hard to get my kids to sit still for Mandalorian because it's not a cartoon. This will be right. This will be right for him then. The Baby Yoda should definitely be tying them in, though. It helps, but he's not in every scene, or at least not active. Should they? They should call it the. There's a there's a real funny robot in there, and his name is Chopper, and he loves to cause trouble. Oh, man. I'm here for it. There's a lot of good robots. Uh, Matt Berry's a robot in Boba Fett. Oh, really? Yeah. Father! <laughs> I saw his name pop up, but I didn't know who he was. Yeah, he's he's the he's the uh, Boba Fett's little droid. All right, I'm going to have to. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go straight to Boba Fett then, and then I'll go to Rebels after that. All right, well, we'll get into that on a later mini, Dave's, Dave's Star Wars journey. I May the fourth one, perhaps. <laughs> there you go. My son, my youngest son's birthday falls on a Wednesday, but you know we'll get close enough. 
<laughs> we, we, yeah, we'll, we, you'll be see that highlighted on your feed. Time to get into it. Let's talk Trans Metropolitan. This one was released in uh, 1997. It was a 60 issue series written by Warren Ellis, uh, created by Warren Ellis and Derek Robertson. And Derek Robertson is also the artist, uh, inker. Rodney Ramos, and colorist Nathan Earing. Earing? Earing. One or the other. Now, Sam, do you have this one physically? I got them at the li- from the library physically before they were on Hoopla. I just, I, I got them out from the library. Because I feel like I tried to read this once before, and I, I had a similar problem. It was just too weird for me. It's extra gross. I mean, that's a fact. Yeah. It is indeed. That's something that that the series does really well. I think, though, it it balances the, these really gross things with this. I mean, it's it's a surreal landscape in general, but the weird stuff doesn't seem so weird in this world. It, it's all kind of connected. It's it, the tone of the, the grossness and the weirdness is part of it. Is part of kind of the reason for it. And it's integrated throughout the world seamlessly. It's kind of a reaction to the clean style living uh, of the mainstream superhero world. And from what I understand, this was kind of uh, Ellis uh, going as far in the opposite direction as he possibly could. He sure did. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Jerusalem is the lead character. He's a journalist in this sci-fi kind of um, political... He's I, He does, like, political journalism. So he's basically like a, like a science fiction Hunter Thompson, and he, like, digs into the seedy underbelly of the politics of this world. And... Uh, On future drugs. Right. Future drugs. Um, what's, the, like, transhumanism. So folks that want to have... Uh, alien parts. There's an alien civilization. Yeah, they they do animal parts. They got all kind of different things. There's uh, aliens. All right. Well, let's 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 spin through the plot a little bit here. There's a couple of big points. I just want to kind of hit all the different issues. There were, I believe, five issues in this series and sixty overall. Um, so in the very first episode, we see Spider uh, out in the wild. He has fleed the city and is living uh, like a madman. A mad, a mad hermit off the grid. Yeah, they start the series with a pretty good look for him too. He's got like a real, real long hair, grizzled beard, and um, and if you know anything about any of the iconography of the sh- of this particular comic, you know he's just like a he's a bald guy with with weird glasses and a spider tattoo on his forehead. So even if you see the the front of the first trade, you think, oh, okay, this is what we're getting, and it starts him out this real like like Reed said, he's he's just doing the hermit lifestyle. You know who he really reminded me of? And I wonder if it's a send-up. He really looked like Alan Moore to me. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, like a, like a young Alan Moore, obviously, not not as gray. But he definitely did. We cut out a long time ago in an episode. Um, I ca- I'm calling out Alan Moore now officially uh-huh. on this feed. I called him out before, but it didn't make the cut. Uh, my beard's <laughs> better than his. <laughs> Nerdbot, cut this. I'll fight him. He didn't. He didn't want this fight. You've already got. We're, we're trying to line up a fight with the guy from Meteor Man. You yeah. Can't, you can't <laughs> fight another aged multimedia millionaire. I mean, you know, I'm coming. Coming for the belt. What can I say? I mean, you guys have been training hard, but uh, this beard off. It's a beard off. It's a beard off. All right. Well, challenge issued. There you go. Robert Townsend 
Alan Moore, any order, two on one, <laughs> tag a team, cage tag match, team. you name the venue, <laughs> I name the purse. Oh, there you go. Interesting, interesting challenge. Well, uh, Alan Moore, Robert Townsend, uh, hit us up. Let us know if the challenge is accepted. Mail us a white glove, care of Nerdaplexy Industry. Pete Townsend, any Townsend, <laughs> any more. Pete Townsend, any more. Mandy Moore, Jay Moore, Mandy Moore, Jay Moore, coming for you. Mandy Moore, she'd be scrappy. I'd, I'd, I'd worry about that. Uh, okay, so Spider's back in the big city. He gets all shaved up and looking like his guy. Well, he has yeah, he gets an he gets a nice acid shower that removes all of his hair from his body. Yeah, he gets he gets an extremely extreme delousing <laughs> abrasive shower. Yeah, basically. Which it looked like he needed. It looked like it was lasers or so. I th- I thought it might be lasers or something, but acid it also works. Yeah, he he got to, he asked for like the full shave or all down to the skin or whatever. So there, so he lives in this like Sam mentioned this dystopian um, future world. It's it's kind of there's a lot of little predictions here. They've got there. He's got like a maker that can make things, but the maker is on drugs, on robot drugs. Yeah, and the yeah. maker is. Uh... It's a little bit like a 3D printer, a little more advanced 3D printer. Yeah, an advanced 3D printer, Amazon style situation, instant Amazon where. <laughs> right. And then the but the Alexa in this instance is real high. Yes. Yes, that is that is true. Uh, he gets a job working with somebody else writing columns, gets it. Like I said, gets an apartment and all these kind of trappings. Now, what uh, were there any kind of future predictive things here? There's lots of little things like the maker and like smart feeds and things like that. Was any did anything jump out to you guys uh, similar to what has happened now in our current social media technology age? The pervasiveness of the 24 hour news cycle. The feeds really reminded me of Twitter. The the news. Yeah, it's a pre Twitter. Like like the Newsmax feeds, and you would get on a feed, and like some feeds were good and some feeds were bad, and I really likened to me kind of it, it wasn't exactly right because it was in in here it was kind of more like radio stations than mm-hmm. you know a follow or something like that, but the similarities were there, and that kind of echo chamber effect. What he did kind of predict that, and it it was like he couldn't get rid of the get away from the radio either. It was always somewhere that feed was playing yeah the the news feeds are are pretty pervasive so that's also um that in the 24-hour news cycle so to like that the high level overview of the show or of the high level overview of the graphic novel is he has to write a second book he he wrote a book then went into hiding his hermitage and then is pulled back because he's going to have to pay back all of this money to his publisher because he didn't release another book um use that clout to get a job as a columnist but one of the things that they do is him reporting on this transhumanism, police brutality, all out war is as he's writing his story, it's being fed live onto this other thing. He doesn't even know about it. But but yeah, I, to your point, that's exactly kind of the the gist of Twitter. It's this live to the minute news mm-hmm. where the 24 hour news cycle, they have to finish telling you about the jet skiing squirrel to get to the big, you know, whatever global news. But this is like to the second somebody's posting about it and then it has all these eyes on it all at once. Are you saying Twitter's public? Oh, Dave, I have a lot of stuff I have to delete. I have so much stuff. I Dave, have to Dave, 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 Dave. 
You got that. You got to do the James Gunn. You got to go back a few years and make sure you didn't make any particularly oh, I, inflammatory I did jokes. Yeah, I've been much... on Twitter since 2009, so I, I like when it first started. So I did that. In yeah, like you were just a baby. I went back and just deleted everything before 2018. <laughs> yeah. Well, much like Spider Jerusalem, uh, the the Twitter sphere. Uh, it was kind of predicted that with the t- he he kind of got on the talk shows about um, that was, uh, when Spider was watching twenty four hours worth of TV mm-hmm. he called he started calling into talk shows and ranting and raving and then he got popular and was kind of getting like slammed for all the things he was doing on there which all, all, is pretty close to that people like right it's a platform for anybody the culture counterculture. Not like not to like like cancellation, but those things that he said came back to haunt him. In this instance, it happened immediately. But for a lot of people, like they said, yeah, things they posted back in two thousand and nine, when you know, they get their first big movie deal, someone reaches back and finds one of those baby boys, Dan Harmon. Whoops, <laughs> James Gunn. Um, yeah, the the list the, the list is, is wide. A lot of comedy boys getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know, you're trying to feed the beast. That's the nature of the things. Yeah, all they're trying to do is be on the the cutting edge, and uh, sometimes you get cut. And so, well, sometimes the cutting edge moves. The, this the system is self correcting. So yes, it is always it is always moving. You have to try to, f- to see your own Twitter posts five years into the future. So yeah, there's a series of riots that Spider um, uh, reports on these humans who uh, have gotten bored with transforming themselves into, like, animals and centaurs and shit. They decide they need to transform themselves into aliens who also exist in this world. And I guess everybody got bored of them really quick. My favorite part of this was when he finds out about the aliens. He goes, but why? What benefits do you get? And he goes, well, well none. I just look different. And I was like, oh. I, I, it's kind of it kind of is what people do when they like make their face look like a cat. Why'd you do that? I, just, I look different now. It it kind of seemed to me also that part of the genetic um, transience process. It it seemed to me, and I don't know if this is correct or not, but to maybe be contagious because the the head of the transient uh, alien dissidents, as it were, is a guy named Fred Christ, and he had like knocked up a lady that Spider talked to. Did she get turned into an alien because she like got with a half alien guy or was she also a half alien? I thought that whole community was was transient aliens. I thought everybody in that little group. Uh so she was already had a she was already part alien, I see. Yeah, I think she I think she already went through some of that change. Well, the, yeah, and Fred Christ it, it comes out to be sort of like a uh like a cult leader in a way. So you, he's convincing these people to make these modifications. I think ultimately, and I read this series a really long time ago, but I think ultimately he's more connected to the politics than is initially evident. Aha, a foible, yes. It, it doesn't seem, because a lot of, well, they mentioned that several times that the riots and all this, it couldn't be Fred Christ behind it, or this Fred guy behind it, because he's kind of like a doofus. Right. So mm-hmm. s- some hints there. But yeah, that's that's Spider's big break, and he makes a whole bunch of money and gets a then a column and a new assistant, uh, one of the he, uh, his <laughs> previous acquaintances from a strip club, uh, Shannon, with a C H, which I really liked. Channon, I called her Channon. 
that's that's like the end of issue two, I believe. So yeah, he does that. Then he does the TV binge, uh, which we kind of talked about. He buys a bunch of uh, wacky products, some Jesus shoes. He has he has a like a, a poop gun, and he shoots the president with. Yeah, you got to have that poop gun. A lot of it, and I'll say the only thing like to the negative, and it's the same problem I have with like preacher and stuff like that, is it's very like edge lordy, you know. His name's Spider Jerusalem is Fred Christ and he's buying Jesus sandals and you know, like you're trying to At the end he like he like trashes the temple and like exactly like dressed like Jesus. Right. You're just they're trying to they're trying to stick a knife in wherever they can. And it's I mean, I don't it doesn't didn't offend me or anything personally, but I just whenever I whenever I clock that, I'm like, all right, <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, this it, it, <laughs> he's trying to piss somebody off, you know. He's just trying to piss everybody off, and like that's the whole point of it. And he's like, "I'm sick of being uh, I, people telling me what to do. I'm going to do everything," which is, but yeah, it's fine when it is just like no bounds on your story, right. but when you're doing it for the sake of it, measured doses. So even, you know, we covered in, in kind of like kill or be killed is, you know, that sort of like fight club aesthetic that they, you know, the kind of like, you know, that there are people that shouldn't be allowed to live. So I'm, it's okay for me to kill them. Like, like to, to a certain extent, like that informs the story. It makes it so he's able to justify the, the murders that he has to do to stay alive. But this one is just sort of like seemingly a lot of times just for the sake of it. There's whole vignettes where it's just, I'm doing it. Here's a gross thing. Exactly. It's kind of akin to like the cool world interstitials where it, like this has nothing to do with anything, but look what we can do with this little random scene of an anchor dropping on a bunny rabbit cat pissing in a shoe or something. Exactly. It was gross for the sake of it. And that's, that is one of my negatives. Because, yeah, you see, when it happens for the first couple of times, you're like, okay, like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is a world where this is... In meme terms, I would say, that's enough slices! Ooh, a fresh pie? Save me a slice. That's good. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's... All right, that's good. Okay, okay. All right, okay, all right. Okay, that's good. That's good! It's... It's enough slices! I don't know. Gotta get on these memes. <laughs> yeah. I'll send one to you. Okay. Um, okay, so that's pretty much it. There's there's a couple of different lo- uh, things. He Like, he beats up the president and sh- makes him poop his pants. He, he watches TV for 24 hours and, like, loses his mind. Um, at the very end, there's kind of a little character arc movement where the Shannon or Channon, if you will, kind of, like, tells him, like, stop being an asshole just for the sake of it. And... Then it's that's it. Then the kind of the first trade is over. They have like a fight on a bench, and then that's kind of like it. So just when I'm, she's the only reason for me, honestly, the only character that wasn't just another gross out character for the sake of being a gross out character. Right. She she was more of a redeemable character in this world where you like that's that's the these people that are like over the top evil and out for themselves. That's the commonplace, and then you have the, this one like lone bright spot of who's just like seems she's the only person that seems like an actual human being. Exactly, Every, everybody else is just weird, cool world Dementor characters. They're all fucking doodles. They're all doodles. I think that's all the plot. Let's move into our favorite segment. Who's your hero? Who's your villain? Do you guys have any? Does anyone want to start? 
I'll take my my hero, and this is going to be the most obvious one, and it's got to be Channon. Okay, I won't fight anybody on this for the same for the same reason. I just yeah, for the same reason we just stated that we just said she's like the actual character. She like went to law school or whatever, and and it's kind of and to Ellis's credit, it's kind of like she's leading the series from behind. You know, like Spider Jerusalem is the character, but you care more about the character who follows the character. It makes the other person seem like more of a lunatic and kind of grounds the series. So, yeah. Yes. But and and in so doing is that grounding character for that the lead, you know, the one that has to pull like back to Earth, Spider Jerusalem. (laughs) Yeah. Prologue's over. Let's get into the meat. Yeah. I love that. That's good. Um, I think my hero is going to be the depressed 3D printer that prints its own drugs. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That's all. That's Imagine if you could print your own drugs. Well, you can, but it's more of a grow cycle. Well, you kind of can. A little endorphin and serotonin. That's true. But it's like not as fun. No. It's like a sandwich. A sandwich is never, or a salad. Sandwiches and salads, they're great if you make them, but if someone else makes them for you, way better. Oh, then they're the best. The best. My hero is the editor of the the news. He was was like, I was going to give you a job. You didn't have to do all this crazy shit to get up here and then point a gun at people and... I was going to do it. I was going to give you a job. Right. Just just ask, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I called you to give me a job and you shot your phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you already had an office. Fine. <laughs> I liked him a lot. Well, Dave, you did last, so you can choose first villain. Well, you know, as we always do. This is the way. This is the way. Dave, you Star Wars geek. Yeah, I guess so. It happened. Next is Beatles. Uh, I don't think so. But my villain is Fred Christ. I think he's the worst. Oh, yeah. I, I think he's just the absolute worst. He was this dick that, that, leader. that did something stupid Absentee and was father. charismatic enough. Yeah. Yeah. He was just charismatic enough to make people follow him into this stupid thing that he's trying. He was just trying to get laid. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to get laid and trying to get all of their and paid. assets, whatever their money is. <laughs> paid and laid. There it is. He's the oh, worst. Man. Fred Christ, absolute villain. I think... Uh... My villain's got to be that fucking two-headed, two-faced cat. He's oh, <laughs> cat. puking on everything. Every time you gross. see the cat, you know you're like, oh, what gross thing is the cat going to do now? Oh, it's going to pee on yeah. something. It's going to pee on a mouse. It's going to smoke cigarettes. It's going to throw up on uh, its litter box or something. Like It's all just, just a gross-out character for no reason. I will say it is, again, another thing that sort of grounds Spider because... <laughs> That's true. Well, because he has a cat, something he cares about. I guess that's true. You can only go so far as to say, I don't care about anything. I just care about the story. But obviously he cares about that terrible, disgusting cat. It's the only thing in this city worse than he is. Anytime you watch any movie where it's like, this guy's a loner, he's a loser, whatever, but he met this mangy dog and he's feeding it. You're like, okay, well, he's not all bad. Save the cat. Exactly. Mangy asshole saved the cat in the first act to let you know that he is actually a good guy at heart. My villain is is Spider Jerusalem. He's just a bad That's dude. That's fair. He's a bad dude. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> Anyone who bugs him, even remotely, he makes sure to try to ruin their life or um, or literally blow them up with a rocket launcher. Or just a random grenade that for some reason he has in a jacket he just found. He kills a bunch of people. He has. He's He carries weapons everywhere he goes. He aims to hurt people as a means to get to the, his story 
and he does it regularly. Regularly, he'll he'll do some stuff that will physically maim or demolish a human just to get his story. I don't know. He's not a good guy. Or to get through traffic. He's not a good guy. He's as as far as anti heroes go. He's more anti than hero. <laughs> there's really no. Yeah, he sucks. He they don't give him any like. There's no redemptiveness. Like he, yeah, he saves the cat and he like does the right thing like in spite it's just of it. Sci-fi Gonzo journalism needs a lead character. He's a little much. And honestly, for me, that is the my kind of overall take on this series it's got some interesting ideas in a like a really cynical extra cynical black mirror kind of way the art actually is amazing exactly yeah but the problem is the art is also incredibly gross disgusting (laughs) which is the point um i'm with dave i have picked this up many times over the years have read the maybe first like five to eight pages and never picked it back up again. If I, if I, we weren't doing this for the pod, I would have never finished it. I didn't. We should have done planetary. Planetary is a great Warren Ellis series. Hey guys, read planetary is great. If you can it, read the first trade of trans metropolitan, if you're not into it, you don't have to keep reading, but planetary planetary is good. All right. Well, I will check that out in lieu of carrying on this series. Uh, we know Dave is not going to carry this one on. Sam, do you think you'll read ahead or have you? I I finished it because it was in the dawn of my uh, library joining days when I was like, oh, they don't teach you in school that it really is just like a free bunch of entertainment. Everything is drilled into your head that you have to pay to go to the movies. You have to pay for cable you have to do all these things to watch things that watch or see things that are cool or uh, stimulating. Um, so I got the, I got this trade just on a I googled like top trades or whatever. It's one of the ones that always comes up. And Trans Metropolitan was in the top ten or something of of whatever list I I found. And I I grabbed it. I read the first one. I wasn't super hooked, but I was obsessive in a way. So I ended up reading the whole entire series, all the side stories or whatever. Yeah, there's a couple little spinoff things. And, and ultimately, ultimately, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I can see why it hits those lists, but I think it hit those lists because of the time that it was written and from when it was written, it was on that list. I think if you made the list today... 97 to two, top 10... 2002. Top 10 comics, probably this one isn't going to hit it. Um, there's been a lot since then, like a saga and, and stuff like that that... Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that that really... Uh, attracts the masses this is just one where people were just pissed off to be pc so they're like okay well let's read let's read this thing that's the least pc thing there could possibly be and it scratched an itch for a lot of people i guess but i i read all of it i thought it was good i think if like i said if you read the first trade and you like that even at all uh keep going because there's a lot of political intrigue and stuff that's pretty fascinating that they dig into and if you like hunter thompson you know there's a lot of that you know, uh, you know. Obviously, that has to be the main. I, I didn't. I never read any background, but that has to be the main source for Warren Ellis. I love Hunter Thompson, though. I, I I love Hunter S. Thompson. I just couldn't get into this. Well, this is this is cyberpunk Hunter S. Thompson for it's sure. Cyberpunk, yeah. It's cyberpunk Hunter Thompson, and I think that they. I think if that's the goal, captured perfectly. Um, start to finish. I could see what this does and where it can go, and I I do believe there is potential, but. Uh, like Sam said, I think if I'm going to read Planetary, 
if I'm going to read anything else, I'll, I'll pick another series. He, there's a lot. Warren Ellis has done a, a lot of good series. He's worked on a lot of cool things. I don't think uh, uh, I'll lack for reading material before I get back to this. I do think this is one of those books that people have um, that that was sold at like Barnes and Noble, uh, you know, front facing. It's like this and Killing Joke. If you bought this in college, this is the jam for you. Oh yeah, it's such a striking cover. Mm-hmm. It, oh, the artist is great. I, if you just flip through, I think it, there's like a lot of interesting thing. If you liked, um, for me, I really liked Judge Dread, and I'm a big Judge Dread fan. So the the theme and the setting is really interesting. It seems very vibrant, um, but there is there is kind of a uncomfort curve as opposed to difficulty curve all right well let us know what you thought share your thoughts uh, and your review of trans metropolitan uh, and you can do that over at nerdaplexipod on twitter or you can email that directly to us and we'll read that on the next mini episode at nerdaplexy at gmail.com stop over to nerdaplexy.com to check out all of our episodes and our content we got on there Uh, and also you can sign up to be a subscriber at the monthly level and we'll do a bonus episode in your honor doesn't have to be a movie you want us to uh, stream some video games we'll do that I don't know let us know and we'll do it for sure uh, thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, also, <laughs> if you do hit us up on the social media, you'll be talking to our social media manager and uh, the best the best Dave we know is Dave. Hit me up at the face of Dave. Uh, I'd love to see. I'm pretty sure you're one of the only Daves I know. Maybe you know two that's, Daves. That's wild. There's a lot of Daves. But uh, I, w- I want to see your fan art of Transmetropolitan. You you show me the comic stuff that you've drawn. I would love to see it. <laughs> Derek. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. If there's any creators out there, yeah, any any creators creators out there that want that want us to read their comics, we'll spotlight you. Now I'll spotlight you. I'll show you on my Twitch, which is Twitch.tv/slash/TheFaceOfDave. I actually have a buddy who created a comic. Just got my Band of Bards Kickstarter. You just got your Band of Bards Kickstarter. Yeah, the Max Majernik. Max, hey, let us know if you want to come on. You know, write in, uh, and maybe we'll do a a mini-episode spotlighting you. So uh, let let us know. Come on and talk to us about your your business. About some prospects. I like that. That's what it's called. It's called Prospects. Uh, I think the, the timing was off for me to uh, to plug that that old Kickstarter Max, but uh, now now that we have it in our pocket, we can definitely read it and bring it to bring it to life and interview. Oh yeah, you'll do some more of those babies. No worries. Well, hit Sam up at pgh underscore svh with your homebrew comic content. Talk to me at PGH underscore read for your weird, um, maybe music stuff. Yeah, you got some video game soundboard shits and that my way. And be sure to check us out next time when we will be watching Blank Man. Blank Man. We finished 93. We're on to 94. 1994. Here we are. Only New Year, New You. Oh, wow. Damon Wayans vehicle. Only 14 more years to go. <laughs> That's it. Stick around next time for Blank Man. And until we meet again, I'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. 
What do you think? What do you think? Anonymous is going to dig up on Vladimir Putin. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about this one. <laughs> Be great press if I get cruise missile by Vladdy. <laughs> I, I do like tea. Oh no! Just trying to find a less charged one than that. Uh, charged? What do you mean charged? Uh. I mean, it's... This is our thought to ponder. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a heavy thought. Jeez. That's a heavy thought to ponder. <laughs> I wonder. I don't know. What kind of stuff are you do? The weird bee stuff? I don't know. You got some, like, l- like tentacle hentai stuff? What's this deal? Oh, I see. Yeah! That's what you mean. Uh-huh. So if we say... <laughs> you let us, you, you let us uh, flounder a little too long on that. It's just... <laughs> I wonder what Anonymous is going to find on Putin. A little bit of... A little bit of Shiza, Shiza Minnelli. Yeah, I was. I I didn't want to like talk about political implications on our comedy show. I know that's why I was confused. So was I. I was like, oh boy, what's he putting in there? See, there you go. What's he putting in there? That's a good joke. Putting on putting on the Ritz. Man, I hope you can farm something out of this. 